0: There's two outcomes that we're trying to create. One is evolving how people feel about our brand, and one is getting them to act on that feeling and to and to, to shop here and today, telling the story of our difference in a fairly pure sense, which is when you shop with us, it does this good in your local community. And that's running through whichever channels it's in. So for TV, there's a, you know, an engaging 30-second ad, but that runs through right into our content where we're telling some of the stories behind the scenes.
1: So we put a lot of time and effort into trying to understand what do the market care about? What's going on in our communities that's impacting them? And how can we at the co-op do things differently
0: to help? But actually one of the things that we really tried to get away from is in in retail, you'll often hear people saying, can we shout about this? Can we shout about it Shouting about it is on our agenda. It's not on the customer's agenda. And actually I think the way you get people to stop and engage is by thinking about, rather than being reach and frequency, it's about attention. And you earn that attention by being relevant.
2: Welcome to Content Talks, brought to you by River Sounds, where we discuss how to get the best out of your content marketing investment. If you want to engage with your market, getting your content right is really important, but how do you measure the success of the content you create? In this episode, we discuss the currency of attention, an emerging metric that challenges ROI. We went to the Co-op HQ in Manchester to speak with Caroline Beasley and Sam Walker about the success of content. Um, so I'm pleased to welcome Caroline Beasley, Head of Digital Marketing at co Food and her colleague, Sam Walker, Head of Campaign Management also from co Food. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, good. Thank you. Not
1: too bad. Hello. Thanks Hello. for having
2: us. Well, you're very welcome. Thanks for coming on board. Perhaps we could start by jumping straight into the, uh, the currency of attention and what that phrase means to you both. Um, so according to Stop Ad, the average modern person is exposed to at least 5,000 ads per day which is crazy when, when you think about it. Um, how do you create content that stands out and grabs the consumer's attention?
1: Yeah, so for me, um, it's quite a traditional outlook to just look at reach mm-hmm. um, and frequency, which is, you know, the typical buys that people will have for media. Um, and like you say, it's such a crowded, noisy world out there. Mm-hmm. And we're always looking at our creatives that can have cut through in that space So just, you know, what is going to grab someone's attention at that moment? Um, One of the biggest difficulties is how do you actually measure that? How do you know that they've picked it up in the way that you want them to? Exactly. So we spend a hell of a lot of time and effort into measuring um, different ways of how we we understand what impact that media has had on someone. So Mm. whether it's the creative message or the uplift uh, studies that we might have. Uh, But yeah, for me, it's just what can get cut through in the quickest amount of time.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, so the traditional rai measurements, um, measures around reach and, and conversion, um, do you think they're adequate measures? I think they're important.
0: I don't think you can ignore them, but mm. I think they describe potential. Right. I don't think they describe what actually happens. So for me, attention is where you bring together, you know, prominence relevance, context, and creative. And it's where mm. those things combine um, to really actually have an effect and be the one of those 5,000 ads that, that cuts through. So you can't avoid those traditional measures, but if you only look at them in isolation, you're not gonna be having an effective campaign or piece of creative.
2: Right. So how do you shape your content to to match those new measurements of ROI?
1: So we do a lot of work in um, trying to understand what's right for the customer. Uh, and our target customer to understand what really resonates with them to make mm. decisions for them to nudge behavior into actually shopping with, with co-op, either for the first time or for a repeat purchase. But at the same time, we always try and make it right for the channel as well. Okay. So um we we work together on making sure all of our channels are well integrated using the same assets uh same principles of how we get the message across mm. and so that they know that it's co-op and they react uh, and at least get the message that that good quality food is from co-op right. uh, but at the same time we add you know the little points of engagement that might be slightly different for the channel so in mm. instagram you know we'll have some nice polls people can interact with or in um facebook and twitter we try to create a buzz around that piece of content so people will actually start to create a conversation mm-hmm. around it um so it's it's the flex of channel and the flex of customer i would say that are some of the key points
0: Yeah, and I think that the big thing for me I always come back to in that is the customer focus. I think there's nothing fundamentally new about making sure that something's relevant to someone interesting in in the right environment. But I think if you go back to that customer and kind of what are their challenges, what problems are they trying to solve? What's the insight at the Mm -hmm. the heart of your communication? And then you can start to look at how do you apply creative channel choice and everything to that. That's where you can really unlock that engagement. And, And it's exactly to Caroline's point. It's where you get the... You know, your, your objectives are going to be one of two things. Either you're drawing them into the brand and you're, you're kind of telling them a, a story which will make them feel mm. differently or you're trying to prompt that kind of quick reaction. And I think if you stay really attuned to what are their challenge is day to day, how are you helping answer them as a brand and mm. how are you telling that story in a way that, that hooks them in and makes them feel something mm. about you? Um, I think you're responding to that customer insight, and then that will then flow through the measures. But yeah. I think that that's where when we go back to that point of if you're just looking at some stats on a, a spreadsheet of reach and frequency, you're just looking at something that's very raw and limited, and you're mm. you're missing the customer out of that.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So you're keeping that at the core of your principles is, is really important. So I suppose it's quite important for, um, for both of you to work together and, and make sure there's a, a sort of coherency between the channels as well, and make sure the brand is 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 coherently portrayed on all of those channels um how do you measure that how do you how do you work together to make sure that there's a coherent uh, message being put out
0: well we start from a a kind of common set of brand guidelines and a Mm -hmm. a common purpose which drives all of the communication we've got a really clear sense of which audiences are we looking to appeal to so when you're landing any piece of marketing whether it's you know a, a grand tv ad or whether it's down to the smallest piece of content in one of our specific channels Mm. um you've got to be clear how it connects back to that strategy and to the needs of that customer and to how you want to present the brand but i think by taking those brand common and brand assets um a common strategy that reflects the need of that audience in different channels at different times that's how you drive it through and if you're having to integrate at the point someone's doing the creative and you're looking at some stuff that doesn't quite line up then that's way too late. It's got yeah. to happen right at the start.
2: Absolutely, um, I think it's really interesting talking about this. Now, we spoke to, speak to um, Ali Jones, the chief uh, customer officer earlier in this podcast series um, about creating a brand, Halo. Um, so she talked a lot about the changes in co-op's brand positioning over the past year. Um, so it might be helpful for you to um, give the listener a little bit, some brief context um, about that, about those changes.
1: Yeah, so um, a few years ago there was uh, a whole dedicated area of the business that was focused on communicating uh, what's different about the co-op and it was quite a purist message because there wasn't um, a very strong awareness of how co-op do things differently and we really do and um, so the conversations about how we're impacting communities and and the you know the the good things that we give back to mm-hmm. both local communities and also global ones, um is really quite prevalent, but it's quite hidden, so not not many people really know about it out there in the big wide world. So, um there was a whole piece where it was dedicated, and this year uh, we've seen that difference come together with our product offering mm. and that awareness of how we do things differently by sh- shopping with co-op has is, is been a really uh, strong message and it's resonated really well with with customers um so yeah it, it's it's definitely an evolving story um but the, the focus this year has really been about trying to raise awareness mm. of that difference
2: because i mean everything that the co-op are doing um, there's so much content there to be made, isn't there? And there's so much, um, there's so much message um, to put out there. Um, you know, it must feel like a wealth of, of creative opportunity for, for people putting the, uh, putting those messages out there. Um, and that the changes uh, in the brand positioning, uh, they must have led to a fundamental shift in, in focus um, of your marketing team. Um, So what are the key differences?
0: Well, I think we had a very long debate as we were working out how to bring our strategy into communication about Mm -hmm. the role of um, difference um, so the co difference versus distinctiveness. And that really flowed through. We, we kind of identified that actually, given the nature of the brand, we can have both. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what we don't have is one team over here doing difference and one team over here doing kind of core offer. Actually, everybody in all the teams is doing that duality. Wow. Um, so it's about having a really relevant customer offer, which is delivered with co difference. Mm-hmm. And in most of our work, we're able to demonstrate both, which is the really exciting bit of the, the work we've been doing. Um, what we did do in, in terms of our, our teams was made sure that we didn't have that separation. So we brought everybody together. So mm-hmm. it felt like a more collaborative effort. And actually everybody's role was telling the story of the co-op difference rather than having a specific team. So I think that that's the big change in our setup. And that's what we've we've kind of tried to drive throughout our communication. It's been
1: quite a different shift of culture to to your point earlier when you're asking about how we kind of work together i think that has been um like sam was saying one of the biggest differences as well from this mm-hmm. campaign so we're right we're working together right at the very beginning at the early strategy pieces then um our teams and some other teams across the co-op as well are, mm-hmm. are in weekly sessions they're talking about what we could do they're talking about the messaging they're talking about how we can activate on the idea so that whole culture of everyone working together is almost, you know, prevalent for what the campaign is all about. So Brilliant. yeah, it's been really strong.
2: Fantastic. Um, so that is right from the offset, you've just, you're creating this more and more coherent message that's, that's going out on, on all your, I suppose you've got new channels as well that you're having to manage. Um, so what is this, what, um, does this look like to you now? What is, what is the current, um, brand message like and what do you want the consumer to do as a result of the content that you're creating?
0: Well, I think that there's two outcomes that we're trying to create one is evolving how people feel about our brand, and one is getting them to act on that feeling mm-hmm. and to and to to shop here and today um quite that we just launched one of our big campaigns there is a you know a a strand of the the, cam- the communication which is about telling the story of our difference in a fairly pure sense, which is mm-hmm. when you shop with us, it does this good in your local community and driving that feeling, telling that story in an emotional way and that's running through whichever channels it's in so for tv there's a you know an engaging 30 second ad but that runs through right into our content where we're telling some of the stories behind the scenes Mm. of the causes that we support we're able to bring that content to life in a longer form way um, and it's really really compelling conversely we've kind of there is still a need to trade mm. and that stuff will have a longer term effect built by building perceptions of the brand over time. But we're still trying to get people in the door here and now. We've got great deals, we've got great value. And actually what we've tried to do is avoid over complicating some of those simpler messages. Mm-hmm. So whilst we're running our difference through everything, sometimes actually you just want a good value pizza.
2: Absolutely. That yeah. tastes
0: great. And actually you don't need to complicate that message every time. Yeah. So it's about teasing apart and saying which of those two objectives are we we're we trying to hit with any given piece of content or mm. communication and then being really clear that we execute it in an integrated way mm. but wherever possible we do drive the difference in because it's such a compelling part of our brand story yeah. um but it's really important for us
2: so i guess you want people to engage for longer as well and follow those narratives for longer and, and have a more sort of emotive reaction to them obviously ultimately get more footfall in store but engaging with that content i suppose is is, is a quite a sustainable way of of, of engaging with, with with the customers um so let's pick up on the on the uh, two strands. Presumably the price and promotion um, messaging can be measured in a more traditional way. Is that right?
1: I mean, yes. I think value perception and how people see us um, as good value needs to be a longer lasting view, just mm-hmm. as much as um, our difference messaging. You know, you want people to think and feel about co-op in a certain way across the whole piece. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, sometimes we have just got a brilliant deal and we just need as many people to know about it as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it still needs to have that, that cut through. So yes, ROI is always something that we look at all of our communications for. Um, and we do start to differentiate our activity around what's going to land short-term sales versus what's going to land those long-term mm-hmm. sales in the future. Uh, but ultimately we want people to be, um, shifting their behavior Uh, So I think those long term ambitions do matter for all of our communications.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, So the work around the perception of co-op as a business and what it stands for is is different. Uh, It must be critical to get the consumer to stop and engage.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I I think and that's back to the point at the outset where there's 5000 ads. You've got to be and everything we do, we're trying to be true to an insight of what's right for customers. It shouldn't ever be our agenda as a brand that we're, we're pushing out there. It should be showing how we help create a, a service or a product which solves a need for people. Um, and actually, yes, there is a creative challenge of how how do you cut through enough, but actually, one of the things that we really tried to get away from is in, in retail, you'll often hear people saying, can we shout about this? Can we shout about mm. it? More? Shouting about it is on our agenda. It's not on the customer's agenda.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: And actually, I think the way you get people to stop and engage is by thinking about you know, it's, a, it, it's that that point around it rather than being reach and frequency. It, it's about attention. And you earn that attention by being relevant mm-hmm. and having, you know, yes, compelling, creative. But it's not about who can have the brightest, biggest noise and um you know, and, and stand out the most Mm. is actually about how do you combine those things to create something that really helps people in their day to day?
2: So it's quite a, it's quite a a simple, um, approach really is, is focusing on, on the customer at all times and, and what, what they want and what they're looking for. And rather than, as you say, shouting and what, what we need to do as, as a brand and how we need to appear is what the customer wants and what they're looking for and how, how they engage, I suppose. Um, so what's your strategy to achieve that?
1: Well, we talk a lot in co-op about how we get closer to the customer, mm. um, closer to where they are, closer to what they need and, and really close to what they care about. And that talks a lot about um our proposition of of showing what of a difference uh mm. co-op can make. Uh so we put a lot of time and effort into trying to understand, okay, so it, it, what does what do the market care about mm. what's going on in our communities that's impacting them um and how can we at the co-op do things differently uh, to help mm. uh, and that that comes right through into all of our products so um last year we made a commitment for all of uh, our fresh meat to be 100% british which supports uh, british farmers um, we've put compostable bags because plastics is such an important topic uh, for all of our customers Absolutely. communities so um, you know this is not just something that we say mm-hmm. it's it's something that um, transpires into everything that we do and and actually um what products we have out there
2: brilliant so what mix of channels are, are you using
0: So, it's a really broad mix we have for our, you know different objectives for different parts of our audience so we're absolutely using a strong above the line channel mix um because yes you need it to be you need relevance and you need that insight driving stuff but you do need millions of people to see mm. it at scale at the right moment in time and you've got to build that reach really quickly but that's really complemented by those own, owned and earned channels where you have the opportunity to engage people a bit more deeply you can use long-form content so we have a whole kind of raft of paid owned and earned from tv and print and your fairly traditional channels right through to your you know very targeted digital owned channels our magazine where you've got people you know kind of spending you know significant amounts of time browsing through it Mm -hmm. but it's about just going through the whole channel mix with a few new channels coming on board like podcasts which we've started to use um like the festivals where we've got kind of new opportunities to to speak to people Mm -hmm. um but using them for their own you know what what they're good for and what people are trying to engage with in that moment rather than trying to force the same piece of Creative right. down every pipe.
2: Brilliant. So how are you using podcasts? You mentioned festivals as well. How do they? Uh, how are you using them to engage with with new, new or can existing customers?
1: Yeah, so um, generally when we're looking at what kind of communications we're going to go out with and what media and touch points we're going to go with, we know that we need to be competitive as much as possible. um, So we split our budget into what we know works, which is the majority. And then we also have a bit of a a test. So we like to test, uh, you know, the advent of new kind of, Emerging channels that are co- coming out right. in the industry. Do you have a percentage
2: on that? What, what percentage are you well, use I mean, for mean
1: The 10 is right. the Google one, but right. I think it depends what we're trying to achieve in that particular time as okay. to how much we'll flex budgets. Uh, but River actually introduced us to um, the, the emerging channel of podcasts. Uh, they talked to us a lot through what kind of trends um, are coming up in the market, and mm. we know it's it's on it's on all the conferences, and uh, we know it. You know, it's something that. That people are really interested in and i suppose what i'm interested in for podcasts is that it is that interactive media you know it's it's in your own head it's something mm. that people actively will take part in as in they'll go uh to look for what they want to listen to mm. and then it becomes a series that they're interested in and as long as you keep them interested it's something that they will engage with so apparently it's more engaging than radio it's absolutely yeah. and it's a, it's a growing channel so I'm really interested to trial it. We've trialed some um, sponsorships around it and we've trialed some partnerships with influencers mm-hmm. in um, a podcast space. So uh, it'd be interesting to see wherever it can take us in that area.
2: Yeah, well, as I mentioned before, there, there's so much content that co-op could create uh, and that would translate so well into a podcast. There's so many stories to tell from the co-op of communities that are doing fantastic things or, um, or, or whatever. And I think the podcast is a perfect format to tell those to tell those stories um so how the how so how the festivals uh working to the partnerships work
0: yes yeah, so we we've got very excited collectively about the festival so we've had expanded uh, this year and gone out into more festivals and what we found it's great for is it reaches people who don't have that deep interaction with the brand mm. in the same way because you're not dependent on the being a store in their local community but it's actually an opportunity for them to really engage with our brand um, and we have colleagues from across the country come and work in the stores in the festival locations and it's just a great opportunity for them to interact so mm. it works for our brand from that point of view but also then it's a way for us to communicate about our presence at the festivals demonstrate our relevance and actually push some of our difference again mm. so we had a really big focus on plastics and recyclability at the festivals particularly as the impact of those festivals becomes more prominent and people are more aware yeah so it works on both levels it, it drives reach it gets people exposed to the brand it gets people trying our food who mm. wouldn't necessarily be able to do it but also the way we deliver those festivals again demonstrates our difference and becomes itself part yeah. of that storytelling of the brand
2: you're making festivals better in a way as the the having a more positive impact on the environment and sort of, as you said earlier, Carol, I know you're living, uh, you're, you're doing what you preach, you know, all the time, which is, which is fantastic. Um, so have you devised a new segmentation and targeting strategy to support the pivot in your positioning? Um, or did that come before the positioning?
1: Uh, well, we're always looking to see how we can drive more efficiencies and, mm. and push that you know, point of diminishing returns even further away just by optimizing what we do. So um, we have been doing some trials with Dentsu around uh, buying media based on the attention that it drives. Uh, so not just the viewability, but actually how people are looking at it mm. and whether they're recalling our brand and how they're interacting after the space. So that is a constant optimization of our media. Uh, so every, you know, every time we go into a new campaign, we'll take the learnings and then build it into uh, a new strategy for that, that place. So I, I would say it's something we're always evolving.
2: Okay. So an early phase of launch. So how are you testing and learning at the moment? So I think we've got
0: a pretty good and broad suite of evaluation so mm-hmm. we are looking at those traditional measures so we absolutely look at ROI it has has a has a place we're looking mm-hmm. at the reach and frequency we've been able to to drive and we're looking at that ultimate outcome measure of brand brand impacts and what customers and, mm-hmm. and non-customers think of our brand Um, But I think then what we've been doing in parallel with that is, as as Caroline touched on, we've been buying media in a different way, particularly digitally. We've Mm -hmm. been evolving how those audiences work and we're looking at bringing in broader measures. We are tracking how visible our ads are, but also how much attention they drive. So I think what we're doing is looking across all all of those different metrics and optimizing the plan continually. So our media mix has changed over time when we're bringing in new channels like podcasts or um, some of the other digital channels we're using, some of them are working brilliantly and we're optimizing them. Some mm-hmm. of them are working less well. So we're looking at changes to make them work harder. Um, so I think it's you know, we're absolutely in an early stage. It will never be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're starting to do is move beyond some of those blunt overall measures and starting to get into those slightly sharper, um, more innovative channel measures that help mm-hmm. you optimize
2: the mix. Fantastic. And um, you are the fastest growing British retailer. Um, so it's obviously working. Yes, um,
1: we like to think so. so there we sound. <laughs> we do. Keeps on a job. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, how do you hope to change in the future and um, solidify co-op uh, and, and your strategies and, and continue um, growing?
1: Well, that test budget. So always testing means we're always moving forward. And that's mm-hmm. something that um, I like to adopt across the whole team is this whole concept of how we can continuously improve, mm-hmm. uh, which means, you not uh, you need to not be afraid to fail, you know, so we need to be okay with the fact that sometimes tests aren't going to work. Mm-hmm. So that's why we, you know, allocate a specific focus for it that isn't too much of a risk to business. And then mm-hmm. we can move forward. At the same time, we really want to leapfrog the competition as much as we possibly can. So that's doing things in a really innovative way. So things like the partnerships with festivals Mm. um, and also uh, being true to the principle of how we get closer to the customer and making sure that the customer needs are really driving our decisions that we make. So, for instance, um, you know, we're super convenient. Uh, A lot of our shops are small, but they're just for what you need right there and then Mm. in a location that's really convenient to you. So we're always looking at how we can set the foundations now to be even more convenient to the customer in years to come. Mm-hmm. So we've done some trials with um, delivery. Uh, we're not an on extensive online delivery um, proposition right now, but we do have some tests that are out there. Oh, brilliant. Including
2: robots, Wow, which is super exciting. Robots? Uh, <laughs> drones dropping things in? No,
1: so they're little robots. Yeah. Um, and they're on wheels, and they just drive around Milton Keynes, and they're they're autonomous, wow. um, and they just take a little delivery of your your shop there. So that that's gone down really well with customers.
2: Cause that's exciting, yeah, it
1: is, and it's just uh, it's just a really convenient offering. So we're always looking to push ourselves and make sure we're being innovative in this in convenience.
2: And I think
0: that's a really important point. Much much as we like to think it's all about the comms, and obviously the comms is very important. Mm -hmm. um, Actually, it's working hand in hand with that customer, often that proposition. So whether Mm -hmm. it's more convenient channels to market, whether it's things like our super saver deals, which are just, you know, kind of unbelievable value, Mm -hmm. whether it's more um, functional things about the customer experience in our food stores. They've got to go hand in hand with the communication mm. to really cut through and meet those customer needs better. It can't just be a communications um, mm. piece on its own. It's got to be fully integrated right back to the the offer that you've got for customers.
2: Absolutely. Well, it's exciting times um, for the co-op. Um, well, thank you very much, Caroline and Sam, for talking to us. Um, it's been fascinating. It's been really uh, interesting and uh, hearing the authentic story of uh, um, that co-op are telling. Um, but to wrap things up, um, could you share with our listeners what would be your key recommendation around giving your content, um, or letting your content stand out, uh, and how to measure it? Mm, good, um,
1: question, <laughs> um, a simple one, I would say making sure the customer is the heart of making that decision i think mm. we've repeated it a couple of times this session so sorry it's not very fresh nice. but <laughs> but um hammer it home yeah i think i think as long as the the customer is the forefront of all of the insight and uh, no matter how many people are involved and all of the different steps it takes to actually get a campaign out or a piece of uh, piece of work out it will always be true to uh, the customer challenge that we're mm. trying to solve for um and that helps create a thread that binds everybody together and all of the output together uh, that's going to be most effective so i would say as long as the customer is at the heart of that decision making you're you're on to a,
2: a winner great advice anything from you sam
0: yeah i would just say pair the content to the context because then you know that someone's going to want to engage with it. If you're creating magazine content, create something that is interesting for people who want to browse when, in that, when they're in that mindset. If you're creating something that is location-targeted, create something that creates relevance and interest to in location, mm-hmm. because then actually it becomes less about how do you make it physically stand out? It's already stood out by being useful to them.
2: Exactly. That's great advice as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much. You've given us some wonderful advice, both of you, uh, and it's been a great conversation. So thank you ever so much. Right. Thank, thank you for time. having us. Thank you. Welcome. Hopefully sweet to you again soon.
1: overload. It's filter failure. I'm so sick of being told something changed right in front of their eyes. Enough is enough. Like I'm not getting worse from this
2: point. How are the guys at Barcelona training? How are the guys at Man United training? Instead of just staying in the bubble, a growing number of big brands are communicating with their customers through podcasts, helping engage on a whole new level. Podcast listeners create strong trust with brands through podcasts. Seventy-six percent of UK listeners have acted on a podcast ad. Listenership is growing across all ages groups notably in young adults aged 15 to 24 with around one in five now listening to podcasts every week growing statistics like this prove that podcasts are a medium not to be ignored
1: so what's stopping you bringing your brands to the
2: conversation yeah river sounds is a division of the river group we work with companies globally to create and distribute original podcasts to augment their branding and marketing efforts
1: we leverage existing content such as blogs and social media to design, plan, create and distribute
2: high quality podcasts. We focus on creating podcasts that increase brand awareness, aid in customer education and help support customer retention. It's time for your brand to make some noise.
1: River Sounds, bring your brand to the conversation.